Hey, chiropractors and marketers. We are ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs. Welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. This is your host, Dr. Kevin Christie, and today I'm going to bring you a follow-up episode. This will be a solo round, and this will be part two of the associate compensation structure that we did last week. Uh, Last week, we interviewed four different doctors, plus I took a little snippet from one of the virtual summits and provided you with some information regarding associate compensation, trying to bridge that gap between what associates, uh, you know, want and desire and being able to have a livable wage and also what owners can afford on a kind of a grand scale. One of the biggest problems we're seeing in today's day and age in chiropractic, frankly, is with insurance reimbursement being so low that the margins for a lot of these doctors have gone down. Plus, with all the barriers of entry for patients coming in, high deductibles, high co-pays, being out of network now because it's too low of reimbursement to be in network, uh, limited visits on some of these in-network plans. It's a lot of competition, you know, so you're, you're having a harder time to develop the numbers the owners are to have enough patients and enough margin to afford, frankly, uh, to have an associate. And so it's a struggle for many. And I wanted to try to bridge that gap as best we can. If you haven't listened to the part one of this episode, you don't necessarily have to listen to it in order, but I do recommend going back. The doctors that I interviewed provided some really good insights on when to hire, different types of structures, and things of that nature. And and what I'm going to give to you today is what this type of structure that I am implementing in my practice uh, moving forward. This is not what I have implemented in the past. I am in the process of hiring an associate and working through this compensation structure. I'm not going to dive into the exact figures for a few reasons, but one is to you know not share some of the information of people that are having this compensation structure, plus any antitrust things that would be out there even though it wouldn't be an issue really, but we just want to give you an idea of what we're doing. So really, I want to I want to run through some of the different types of housekeeping for this type of structure that I'm going to go over with you because this isn't for everybody, okay? And so I want to run through that and give you the reasons why this is the structure that we're coming up with. But overall, I'm really trying to base this as kind of growth for the clinic as a team, not each doctor. I think historically, associates have been kind of left on an island and it's kind of eat what you kill, which isn't a bad setup in certain situations. So I'm not you know, knocking that, but I'm looking to really grow the clinic as a team. And so the compensation structure that I'm going to go over now is for that. Okay. And it really, this compensation for the chiropractor for the patient care in the office, and then give them kind of an ownership mentality with the bonus structure as well, okay, as, as it relates to clinic growth versus just that per, that doctor's growth, okay? Um, the different uh, variables may change based on your practice overhead in network versus at a network. You know, some in some states, you can be in network with all the insurances and it's paying fairly well and 
the insurance is pretty good. And so it's going to be a little bit of a different animal. So there's a lot of these different types of variables. Insurance re- reimbursement might be $40 kind of across the board like it is in Florida. And in Illinois, it might be higher, right? The affluence of your area, you might be in a wealthy, well-to-do area, or you might be in a uh, more uh, rural area that you have to take into consideration. I chose the below numbers for easy rounding numbers of collection amounts. And then I did the math from there to get the office visit numbers. Okay. So the monthly office visit number was divided by 4.3 to get the weekly office visit numbers, right? So in most months, there's like 4.3 because there's usually a few days uh, in addition to the four weeks that are there, obviously excluding February. This is just a structure and the variables do need to be adjusted based on your practice and analytics and experience of the associate doctor, right? So this might be more for someone kind of young coming up versus maybe a 20-year veteran of chiropractic that is getting a job somewhere. So this structure is more geared towards that, which is a lot of the associate hiring. You know, the docs usually graduated within the last few years or so. This is for scenarios where the owner is still looking to grow and grow together. This isn't necessarily for owners who are looking to slow down, okay? Like maybe the doc that's been practicing for 30 years, looking to really kind of have an exit strategy and looking to to slow down. This is probably not going to be ideal for that scenario. This is for clinics with predictable revenue and and expenses prior to bringing on that associate. So you need to know your practice analytics going into it and have a pretty comfortable understanding of your numbers to say, yeah, this is what it's been with just me or me and the other doc. Now I'm hiring a third. Uh, So you really want to make sure that your numbers are pretty solid. You know, like if you're in year two of your, your own business, you might just have natural growth that has nothing to do with adding an associate. I use $30,000 as the baseline in this example that I'm going to go over because in most scenarios, um, you need to have that amount coming in each month to truly afford an associate uh, with this model. I think that's one of the problems that happens is sometimes owners hire too soon and they don't have the gross real revenue to afford to pay a healthy enough base salary, right? The 30K is, is variable, you know, like 30K in New York City might not be enough. 30K in the Midwest might be perfect, right? You just, you gotta, you gotta know your numbers, but essentially you need to be able to actually afford to do this, okay? You can also decide to have the bonus kick in after one year of an employment. So you can choose to do like a salary and just for that year, they get the salary. Let them focus on getting good at clinical, communicating with patients, getting their feet up, you know, just really focus on that and getting in the community versus really worrying about hitting a bonus and things like that. So you can do that. Um, That's definitely something you can work out in your associate contract. I also recommend having an associate agreement, which is separate from what this is, and I'm not going to dive into any of that at all. So let's jump right into it. Okay. I think this is a very fair structure to based on based on what I've already told you. I think you need to start out with a healthy salary. I'm not going to put a number here, but I think you know what a healthy salary would be based on your area. Again, there's a pretty wide spectrum of cost of living in the United States or Canada or other uh, countries that may be listening to this, I can't speak to a lot of the finances of other countries, but I think we all know in our heart of hearts what a healthy salary is for a new, younger um, associate chiropractor. 
Um, obviously it's not as high as we wish it was. Like, I think we all wish, uh, we could pay a healthy salary of, you know, 75 or six figures, you know, things like that. But I think a healthy salary is where you need to start. I think you need to include some in benefits, you know, malpractice insurance paid probably a little bit of money for CEUs, um, you know, vacation, some personal days. Um, I would probably recommend CEU days, not counting against any vacation or personal days and, um, you know, add those benefits. And then you can choose um, the whole, I'm not going to dive into the health insurance part of it. Um, I think that could potentially break some owners depending on the scenario of that associate, you know, wife and kids or husband and kids. And um, it's just, it can be difficult depending on the scenario. You know, sometimes you, you get a situation where the associate's husband has a corporate job with really good insurance or the associate's, you know, wife has health insurance and they don't, but there's a lot of different um, scenarios that play out, but it can get super expensive. So I'm not going to dive into that part of it. I'll let you figure that aspect out. All right. So then what you need to do is you need to have your 2018 statistics. So we're obviously beginning of 2019. We want to, you know, if you can take the last three years, that's fine. But what I'm going to do is I reverse engineer this. And so remember we said $30,000 a month in revenue, patient collections is where you need to be at. And then you need to know what your office visit average is. Like, so 62, like, you know, you do the average, basically the amounts of office visits divided by the patient visits. And that'll get your number of say, let's, for this, the sake of this, we, we said $62 per patient visit. Okay. So every time someone walks in the door for care, it's worth on average $62. And then from there, you can reverse engineer it. That, you know, do the math that becomes, that's 112 patient visits per week. That's 483 per month. Um, and, and, you know, you, you basically got your $30,000 number and then you, you want to set some baseline goals for 2019. I then set the baseline goal for 2019 to be $35,000 total collections per month on average. That'd be the goal you'd like to do because now by adding that associate, that associate at a healthy amount is going to roughly cost you with all, you know, with malpractice and then payroll taxes and all the different things. Let's just call it a, an easy number of $5,000. So now you'd like to collect $35,000. That means that the associates uh, kind of cost, monthly cost is being covered. We set a goal of, you know, instead of $62 per visit, maybe we can get it up to 65 a visit. You do the math and that equals uh, 125 patient visits per week, 538 per month. So, you know, you're, to get to that 5,000, you're only adding about, let's see, 13 patients a week which isn't a lot, right? Like if we had an associate, we hope we can add some of that. So now we've kind of set our baseline. And then from there, we have uh, what I broke down was four tiers. And you can you can alter this. I'm going to have this document access to you so you can have it to reference. And I mean, you can alter this in so many different ways, but this is, again, just a baseline structure. But what I did was based on office monthly collections as a team, we have four tiers. So that baseline goal was 35000 in total collections. And so if we reach that on a given month, let's just call it March, then the associate would receive a $500 bonus, give or take, you can make it less or more, whatever you want. Another caveat is, is you'll have, there are some clinics that are generating really high monthly revenue, like like, let's say $75,000 a month, Uh, $5,000 increments 
may not be enough. You may have to do a $10,000 increment. It just depends, right? There, there are some clinics that are generating over six figures a month. And so that's, you know, the $5,000 increments might be too little. So again, take that into consideration. So then tier two bonus, let's say we make the next jump up another $5,000. So now we're doing $40,000 a month in total collections. That's 143 patient visits per week. So now from the 2018, kind of just trying to kind of reverse engineer this for you. 2018, we had 112 visits per week. Now, if we get to that 40,000, that's 143 per week. That's not that many office visits per week, right? It's uh, see, one. 25, sorry, 143 uh, minus 112, you can see that's not a ton of visits. It's like 31 visits a week uh, that that associate has increased. You, like you and the combination of good marketing and the associate and more networking and all that has increased it by about 30 visits a week, not asking a ton. And now you have um, increased the collections by $10,000 and you could consider giving a bonus of anywhere from one to $2,000. The next caveat is as the business owner, you will need to monitor any increase in your overhead due to the increase in office visits and collections. Like maybe going from 30 to 40 doesn't add much overhead to you. Like it doesn't add another employee at all. Maybe it increases your billing costs a little bit and obviously maybe your merchant processing fees, but it doesn't really add a lot. But maybe going from 30 to 45, that patient total is going to, you're going to have to hire another CA, Right. And so you have to take that into consideration when bonusing that. All right. So the next tier is 45000 again, and you could offer, say, a $3,000. So by bringing on that associate, by working together as a team, you've gone from 30000 on average per month to some months where maybe you're doing forty five. So if you hit that number and say, March, oh, we hit $45,000, you could consider giving a bonus of, say, two to $3,000 on that. And then tier four is 50 and you could, you know, three to four or 5,000 bonus you want to do on that. And again, you want to always monitor any overhead increase. And then from there, for every $5,000 that you do increase your clinic as a whole, you can consider adding another $1,000 to the bonus. So there's a scenario where potentially if you went from, I'm just going to use the math here. Let's say you, you went from 30 to $30,000 on average. And then on a particular month, you hit 50,000. You know, you're not going to hit 50 every month, but let's just say in a particular month, you hit 50,000. That's $20,000 more that month than what your average was. And let's say you bonus the associate 4,000 on top of the, the pay. Now you're looking at a situation where, you know, you, the clinic brought in $20,000 and the associate with a healthy base salary and with the bonus maybe is getting close to a little bit more than uh, around that half number as far as what was brought in as a team and in what they're getting paid. There are some, like I had a really good conversation with a little mastermind group I'm in and, and typically in business, the ROI on an employee, a salesperson, some facet of your business that's a money generator is usually a lot higher than a 50-50 type of, you know, if, if you bring in $200,000 and an associate gets in a hundred, seems fair. And a lot of businesses you'll see, like if it's financial advising or attorneys, like sometimes you'll have an attorney that brings in $3 million in business in a year and gets paid $300,000 a year. $300,000 a year sounds really nice, obviously, 
But when you do the percentages of the bringing in the 3 million, right, it's like 10%. We're dealing with low margins, what we discussed earlier in the in this episode. So it makes it a lot harder to expect those types of you know, 10% of what you bring in or 20% of what you bring in, 25% of what you bring in. It's just the, the gross numbers aren't there uh, financially. So uh, it's hard to play that game in chiropractic to say, oh, you know, it's 20% of what you bring in is what you get and 10% or 25%. Unless you're doing just some kind of huge volume of auto or some other types of uh, high-end practices where there's a lot of like gross collections coming in, it's really hard to do that. So you have to find what's comfortable for you. But this structure, I feel like allows for a really nice bonus structure. And if it grows considerably, the associate can definitely make some good money and you can grow together. And then after that point, you can decide what you want to do, right? Like if you want to have partner, it's fine. If you, you like, there's different things from there. If there's just consistent exponential growth in your practice by hiring that associate, there's definitely ways of making the pot sweeter and working together even more as a team. But this is more just, let's end it here. This is kind of a a four-tier associate compensation agreement. If the relationship's great, both doctors are killing it, more, you know, you can have those types of conversation about partnerships and things like that at that road. So this is uh, what we're working off of in our practice. I, I, uh, interviewed the doctors that you mentioned or that I mentioned on the the previous episode. I hammered this out really hard with our mastermind group. I talked to some other doctors. Um, I didn't just kind of make this up. Uh, it's not for everybody, but it's something that you can use as a working document and idea uh, moving forward. I hope this helps and have a great week in practice. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show with Dr. Kevin Christie. Tune in next week for another episode that will enhance your marketing, business, and practice growth. Also, don't forget to subscribe to Dr. Christie's Modern Desk Jockey podcast and share with your desk-sitting patients. In the Modern Desk Jockey, Dr. Christie provides health and wellness best practices from some of the leading experts in the corporate wellness industry. Remember, chiropractic practice isn't easy, but it shouldn't be overwhelming. Keep leveling up.